Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into an all-new edition of the Metropolitan Report. I am Alfred Parsar Jr., and we are going to talk about any and everything New York Mets on today's podcast. Today is Thursday, March 25th, 2021, and it is exactly seven days before opening day. Yep, that's right. By this time next week, the 2021 Major League Baseball season will be underway. The New York Mets start on the road against the Washington Nationals. Uh, but being that we're still in spring training with only four Grapefruit League games to go, we're going to talk about some recent Mets news in camp. So um, the biggest thing, and I'm, I'm going to admit, I will admit I was wrong. Uh, earlier today, uh, the Mets made some more roster moves and assigned a couple of guys to minor league camp. <sighs> and unfortunately, one of the guys that they uh, reassigned to minor league camp uh, I had pegged as the fifth starter. I can admit I was wrong. Uh, Corey Oswalt was sent to minor league camp. And Jordan Yamamoto, who I had pegged as the fifth starter in the rotation for opening day, uh, was sent to minor league camp, which, especially after earlier this week when Joey Lucchese, uh had a really bad spring start, I thought that would have knocked him out of the competition. I really didn't like how David Peterson looked. He's, uh, he's admittedly, by his own admission, struggled um, this spring in camp. But uh, Yamamoto was, was was pitching a 1.08 ERA. I don't understand how you can let a guy who has a, 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 a sub 1.50 ERA not make your opening day roster. I mean, I get, I, I get that it's Grapefruit League, it's spring training. They're facing guys who are long shots to make other clubs, uh, minor leaguers who didn't play last season because there was no minor league ball in 2020. But... I'm going to start on this show this week, and I will admit I was wrong. I thought I knew a lot, <laughs> but apparently the Mets saw something in Lucchese and, and Peterson that I didn't see in Yamamoto. So Yamamoto is going to start the season on the AAA roster. Of course, the Mets AAA affiliate uh, are the Syracuse Mets. Uh, minor league season is going to be weird this year because um, minor league season is going to start late. There's not going to be any minor league ball played till May this season. But, I mean, Lucchese and, and Peterson, I really thought Yamamoto would have been in the mix. Uh, and I thought they would have at least considered Yamamoto for a bullpen spot. Of course, the Mets um, still trying to lock down two more relievers uh, in that bullpen session. And you know what's funny? Why I also think Yamamoto should have made the team. You got to remember, um, last season was a weird year. It was a 60-game season, and baseball is already hard on position players. But pitchers, those guys don't play every day. So I I would think here that maybe some teams, I know the Angels are, are have already confirmed it. Um, they're gonna use some teams are gonna use six-man rotations because last season was 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 more of a marathon and not a sprint, and a lot of guys who you know, would have had a, maybe a week and a half or, or, or a couple of, a couple extra days in between starts because the schedule was so condensed. Um, there was a lot of, a lot more stress on, on other pitchers arms. So, uh, I, I would figure a six man rotation would work, uh, to take stress off, off of guys like DeGrom. Cause you know, guys like DeGrom and maybe Marcus Stroman, they're going to eat up innings this season. And a sixth starter or, or, or a guy who could fill in as a spot starter, 
I feel would have definitely helped uh, in, a, in a season after the pandemic 60 game season, uh, only because, you know, even though, you know, last season ended uh, September, you still had guys here who um, pitched so many innings that, you know, because of the the way the schedule was condensed last season, uh, a regular off season was not enough to, to 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 get them rest on their arms. I think out of everybody in the Mets, the Mets starting uh, pitching rotation, Marcus Stroman has the biggest advantage. He didn't play all 2020. Um, he hadn't played in a game since 2019, so he had all that time to rest and recover. So I think uh, out of everybody, he's going to be the freshest. But this is where uh, a sixth starter or a spot starter could have helped. Very surprised again. Yamamoto was pitching uh, lights out 1.08 ERA. I'm very surprised he didn't uh, make it, especially the way that uh, Peterson and, and well, Lucchese was solid. I'm not going to take anything away from from Joey Lucchese. Uh, Lucchese, uh, up until his third start, was great. I mean, he's got a 3.24 ERA so far this spring. Not bad. Um, David Peterson is uh, set to take the mound. Um, one more time this spring, uh, he'll be on the mound tomorrow night against the Washington Nationals. Uh, that game will be televised on MLB Network, so it's a nationally televised spring training game. 6.10 p.m. Eastern time, start time uh, against the Washington Nationals. So Peterson will get one more start to redeem himself and uh, show what he's got. Uh, Jacob deGrom was originally scheduled to start, but Luis Rojas said he did not want to overexpose uh, Jacob deGrom to the Washington Nationals because one week from today, uh, April 1st, um, the Mets play the Washington Nationals and DeGrom will be starting that game. So four games left on the docket for spring. Tomorrow, Washington. Uh, then we uh, the Mets will host the Houston Astros on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, the Mets are going to play the Miami Marlins. They'll visit them over at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. And then they'll close out the spring uh, visiting the St. Louis Cardinals. Then they'll have two off days, the 30th and the 31st. And then on the 1st, they will be in Washington. Uh, some more uh, Mets news. Again, we said Corey Oswalt, uh, who, who pitched a decent game, but just wasn't going to compete with any of the guys um, who were vying for that 4th or 5th uh, starter spot. He's been reassigned to minor league camp. Yamamoto's uh, assigned to minor league camp. Uh, Mike Piazza was in uh, camp uh, as a as a special uh, guest and advisor uh, this week, and it's interesting that Mike Piazza was in camp this week because we've we've detailed the Francisco Lindor extension, and historically, if you remember back in 1998, Mike Piazza was in quite a similar situation. Uh, Mike Piazza was traded to the Mets mid-season in 1998. Uh, he was in the last year of his contract. Um, earlier in the season, he had been traded from the Dodgers to the Marlins. And then after a week of being on the Marlins, the Mets traded for him and they wanted to extend him. And he didn't sign until, until the end of the season. So he played out 1998 in Flushing. Um, and then that's when he got the $91 million deal, which was the highest, uh, contract in baseball in history at that time. Um, but, but it's kind of interesting because I'm pretty, I don't know. If, if Lindor, uh, I know Lindor uh, spoke to Piazza in the clubhouse. There was reports that uh, guys like Dom Smith and Lindor, they, uh, they, they picked Piazza's brain. 
But um, it would be interesting if he t gave, gave if Piazza gave Lindor extension advice because again they were they were in similar situations and uh, P Mike Piazza would be the first one to tell you he was hesitant to resign at first, but then you know he uh, he he wanted to see what New York was like and then once he decided that uh, yeah this is home for him this is where he wanted to be he he signed the contract. And early on, when, when extension talks uh, first became a thing with Lindor and the Mets, um, Lindor's response was always, they have to get to know me. So, you know, Piazza and Lindor, similar situations. Uh, when uh, Mike Piazza spoke to the press earlier this week when he arrived in camp, uh, he was asked about what advice he would give Lindor. And here's what he had to say. I was fortunate to, to have a nice conversation with him today, and uh, he again seems like he has such a such a good head on his shoulders obviously a great player <clears throat> my only advice to him is just just go out and play uh let you know we used to say as a as a and when i played you know you know players play coaches coach managers manage writers write every you just do your job and uh, you know try not to get too wrapped up in and, and i think all of us are human so we kind of always want to know where we're going to be we always kind of kind of want to have control of our destiny and so and that's part of what you guys do is figuring out where, where, um, if, and when there's a great time and, and if he is going to be here long-term, I just think there's a spiritual component to it. I think he's got to go out and get comfortable. And the fact that he has such a good team around him is important as well. For me, there was also the, the, the human element, there was teammates and, and we were at a time with the team that we knew they were, we were trying to win. So we were going to, put some pieces in place to try to make that happen. And so uh, that that's my only advice for him. Just go out and play, go out and play, put your numbers up. And if it's meant to be, it's, he's going to be here. But I think sometimes uh, to kind of force that or to, to have it be where it's not coming from an organic place, it's just kind of forced and, 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 and the team, obviously momentum with the team, it's always good that the team is playing well. Thing, when the energy's good and the team is good and the atmosphere is good, things have a way of falling into place. So pretty much what Piazza is saying, and uh, I, I firmly believe that this was his approach back in 1998 when he had his own extension situation. He thinks that Lindor should just focus on playing baseball and that if the contract extension is going to come, it's going to come. Uh, he did say a comment... Um, the, uh, to paraphrase that it should just if it's meant to be it's meant to be so it should just happen organically which I can't fault uh, Piazza for that you heard him with the quote uh, players play coaches coach writers write um, so that just tells me that uh, he, he practically told Lindor just focus on what you do on the field and the rest will fall into place now we are exactly seven days away from opening day and as mentioned previously in the previous edition of the Metropolitan Report uh, Lindor gave the front office a firm deadline of by opening day. So, I mean, in the past, uh, we saw what happened with Jacob deGrom with his extension uh, two years ago. Uh, they got that done right before deGrom's uh, self-imposed uh, deadline, literally the day before. Uh, I, I, get, I get it that it was a different front office. Uh, it was Brody Van Wagen and not Sandy Alderson, but still... Um, Lindor's not playing because you heard him say last week he's going to go into free agency. Uh, he will not negotiate during the season. Um, 
And I, I, for me personally, from where I'm sitting, I'm getting worried because seven days is not a lot of time. Negotiations just don't happen over, they don't get settled overnight. They just don't happen that way. I personally feel that uh, the longer this plays out, we may get to opening day and Lindor may not have an extension. And again, as I've said before, uh, Lindor is a generational talent. Now, keep in mind, I don't know if the Mets know this or they're using this to their advantage, but after the 2021 season, uh, it's going to be a real deep uh, free agent class of shortstops. Uh, Carlos Correa of the Astros, uh, his contract is up after this season. Uh, Trevor Story of the Rockies, he may not even finish this season as a Colorado Rocky, but uh, he will be a free agent uh, after this season, as will Corey Seager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So a lot of talent at shortstop um, that are going to be free agents following this season, but uh, from where I am, and, and from my point of view, uh, Francisco Lindor is the second best shortstop in all of baseball, only behind Fernando Tatis Jr. And if the way that Lindor has been playing this spring is uh, is any indication, uh, I think you got to get a deal done because Lindor is looking like he's in midseason form. I don't think this is, I don't think this is anything to play with. Um, like Lindor's numbers so far this spring training are incredible. Uh, he's batting 341. He has four homers, 11 RBI. Uh, the four homers are all within like the last week and a half. Um, again, uh, you got to get, I, I know I've, I've said it once. I've said it twice. I've said it three times. and I'm going to say it again. You cannot afford to, to let Lindor walk for nothing, especially because you gave up, uh, the, a player who was supposed to be the future, uh, and a cornerstone of the infield in Andres Jimenez. You gave up a pretty decent hand in, in Ahmed Rosario and you, you just can't. You can't give that capital up for Lindor and let him walk away for nothing. Um, I hate to be pessimistic, but um, I personally don't think that they're going to meet his deadline. Um, the reports have gone on that they offered a little less than $300 million. Uh, Lindor's camp asked for a little more than $300 million. Um, it's, it's It's a little bit disheartening because all that money that the Mets front office offered Trevor Bauer and George Springer and neither one signed here. So the money's available. I don't know why they just can't, why they won't, why they're hesitant to offer it to, to Lindor. Um, again, I hate to be a pessimist, but I don't think a deal is going to get done. Um, I hate to sound that way, but that's that's just my honest gut feeling. Uh, I would hate to see Lindor uh, enter the season uh, on an expiring contract, and I think it'll be a huge blunder, a big missed opportunity, and a big mistake uh, if the Mets front office does not uh, lock up Lindor. Uh, also, Michael Conforto, um, being that he is a client of Scott Boris, um, I don't think he's going to sign an extension until after the season, if at all. Um, Scott Boris's clients historically um, usually test the free agent market. So Conforto, if they don't get a deal done, Conforto may possibly be a Met next season, but I think he's going to try to play the market and use that to his advantage to get a bigger deal. Um, again, Scott Boris is a, is a heck of an agent um, when it comes to uh, clients he's represented in Major League Baseball. And typically the trend with Scott Boris, again, um, he likes to test the market uh, with his clients. Uh, also of note, uh, let's talk about the bullpen situation. 
So again, um, the bullpen, uh, six guys, um, so far with two spots remaining. Uh, again, we have Jerry's Familia, uh, Dylan Batances, who has struggled. Uh, Luis Rojas is interesting. Uh, Rojas said that Batances, um, is going to be on the opening day roster no matter what. Uh, Batances is a guy you can't afford to you can't afford to to put him on waivers or designate him for assignment. The guy has a six million dollar contract. You don't want to cut the guy and eat that money. But uh, we've got Familia Batances. Uh, Edwin Diaz has looked lights out this spring. Uh, hopefully he could uh, keep that uh, go momentum going into the regular season and we can see the Edwin Diaz who led the all the majors in saves in in 2018. Uh, you've also got, uh, Trevor May, who's coming over from, uh, Minnesota. Uh, Miguel Castro's look really good in camp, uh, better than I would have thought he would have looked. And Aaron Loop. Uh, Yamamoto, again, like I said, I would have loved to have seen him in the bullpen as a long man, especially because, uh, both he and Lucchese didn't pitch much, uh, last season. And Yamamoto, uh, has a fresher arm. He could have been the long man because, like I said, again, um, 2021 is going to be the year where I see a lot of pitcher injuries because again, last season was, was a marathon. It wasn't a sprint and, and all that stress on the arms, uh, in 60 games, uh, that, uh, regular off season is not going to, not going to alleviate those, uh, the, those arms. Uh, like I said, the, the guy with the biggest advantage in the rotation is Marcus Stroman because he didn't pitch at all last year. He's got the freshest arm. So it would have been good to see Yamamoto as the long man. Um, but two spots left. Uh, Robert Gesellman, who I think has it locked up. Jacob Barnes, Stephen Tarpley, and uh, Mike Montgomery. Um, I personally think that Jacob Barnes will make the opening day uh, uh, bullpen. Only because Barnes doesn't have any minor league options. So they, they can't put him in minor league camp. They would just have to release him outright. Uh, so that's going to tighten the situation. Uh Jerry Blevins uh, had a bad uh, relief appearance earlier this week. I know I said a couple of weeks ago on the report that I would have liked to have seen Jerry Blevins make the the, the opening day bullpen, but that's just not going to happen. Uh, it's going to be sad to 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 see Jerry Blevins not make the team. Um, I wish he could have retired and ended his career on a high note, but it is what it is. But um, I don't think Stephen Tarpley is gonna is gonna make it. Uh, on the opening on the opening day uh, bullpen, I think it's going to be Gesellman, Robert Gesellman, definitely. Uh, so yeah, I think those last two spots go to uh, Jacob Barnes and uh, Robert Gesellman. Um, but yeah, the bullpen is much more foggier than that starting rotation. Uh, again, the starting rotation, uh, so it's pretty much been locked up. Uh, you got number one Degrom, he'll start opening day. Number two is Marcus Stroman. Three Taiwan Walker, four David Peterson, five Lucchese, and then you have that uh, bullpen there. So uh, we've got uh, one week till till opening day. Um, the Mets will have two consecutive off days before the opener, the 30th and the 31st. Uh, the Mets play the Washington Nationals one week from today, 7:09 start time. Uh, that game nationally televised on ESPN is going to be the Battle of the Aces, DeGrom versus Scherzer. And again, DeGrom scratched from the start tomorrow. It's going to be given to Peterson uh, because Luis Rojas does not want to overexpose DeGrom to the Washington Nationals, which I think is a uh, is a smart move. 
Very, very smart move. On a personal note, uh, I really can't wait for spring training to be over. I'm hoping that these next four days go by very quickly so that uh, we could jump right into the regular season because um, last year was very bizarre. Uh, I'm really, really happy that uh, we're going to get a 162-game season. I'm going to be happy that fans are going to be allowed in City Field. And at this point in time, you know, with the COVID-19 pandemic uh, and everything being said, I'm, I am feel like being able to watch baseball in the stands at the ballpark is, is a great privilege um, because MLB, um, even though it's a money move because it was reported that they lost uh, $5 billion in, in game day revenue, um, I think it's still a privilege for us fans to uh, be in the ballpark this season. And like I said last week, uh, I'm going to be in City Field uh, a lot. I'm going to be in City Field quite a ton uh, this season. And I, I'm just I'm just looking forward to to being there. And uh, for those of you who are Met fans who live in New York, who listen to this show, uh, I will be more than happy to meet you guys. Um, I'll be very happy to to meet you guys uh, at City Field this season. And not just watching live baseball, but there are other nuances of being at the ballpark that I just miss. Um, the smell of fresh cut grass. Uh, the atmosphere uh, with the fans, uh, even simple things as uh, uh, getting a Nathan's hot dog with a sauerkraut, mustard, and relish uh, from the concession stands and a soft jumbo pretzel. Um, hearing hearing in person um, the crack of the bat when it hits the ball, uh, that sound I will never get tired of. So I'm, I'm just very excited. I, I, I mean, I love baseball. I love spring training. I've had fun covering spring training uh, here on the Metropolitan Report, but it's uh, it's not that, it's not quite the same as the regular season, and uh, I'm glad that we're gonna have uh, 162 games of of baseball. I'm also very happy minor league baseball is 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 making a comeback this year as well. Uh, minor leaguers just stayed at the at the alternate site last season. Um, they traveled as part of the quote unquote taxi squad. But I'm 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 very happy that minor league ball is is returning uh, this season as well. Get the get the guys who want to uh, get to the next level some some in game action and not just call them up and throw them into major league action like they did uh, David Peterson last season, even though he he did fairly well. But uh, I'm I'm just excited and uh, the next edition of the Metropolitan Report um, because we usually uh, release a new edition. Uh, every Mets off day, but there are two off days um, next week. Of course, the 29th is the very last um, spring training game. Uh, we're going to release our next edition on Wednesday the 31st. That is one day before the uh, season opener uh, on the road at the Washington Nationals. So again, we'll be back on the 31st. And um, I, again, I'm, I'm just very excited. Uh, next week on the Metropolitan Report, I'm going to break down uh, the National League East, or as a lot of uh, baseball fans have been referring to the NL East, the National League Beast, because uh, it is a heck of a division, one of the toughest divisions in baseball. Um, we're going to break that down. Uh, we're also going to, um, uh, even though most of the roster is already set, we're just going to uh, discuss takeaways what we liked and what we didn't like over the last four spring training games. 
and just uh, summarize and wrap up camp overall and talk about late breaking news if an extension is signed because they only have seven more days to do it. But uh, we will definitely um, be discussing that as well as my predictions for the season overall and how I think the NL East is going to shape up. Um, but again, I, I'm, I'm very excited, uh, for this season and I've, I, I like what I've seen from the Mets this spring. Uh, the team seems to be in mid season form as far as the offense goes. Uh, Francisco Lindor again should get an extension. Uh, he, he's playing his heart out in spring training. Uh, I don't think a lot of guys usually go hard in spring training unless they're trying to make the team or trying to make a comeback after being out of the league for a couple of years. But uh, I personally think that uh, Lindor is deserving of the extension. Michael Conforto, also another guy who's having a solid spring, even though I think he will be influenced by Scott Boris to enter free agency. But um, even the even the bench guys, Kevin Pillar, um, Jonathan Villar, Albert Almora have looked good this spring. Um, yeah, so, and then uh, once the roster's finalized, uh, on next week's edition, we will also go over and discuss um, the the way that the roster has shaped out. Uh, and with that being said, I think the only thing left to say is, let's go Mets! <laughs> <laughs>